0: So very welcome to Happy DM. I have a very special guest today, Jake Brown. Very welcome,
1: Demo. Thanks for having me, man. How are you?
0: Very good having me in your office today. No problem. It's a bit of a change of a setup here.
1: Do you like my office?
0: I do like it. it's very casey nice,
1: aesthetic here. Yeah, very very casey nice stuff.
0: I know that you are like obviously not, but you didn't go to film school or anything. You're an engineer from the background. Yeah. How did you go from being an engineer to being a filmmaker, being a content creator? Because like those two things, they don't really go hand in hand. They do for you, but like in general.
1: Yeah, um, I just bought a camera because I started watching a lot of YouTube and Casey in particular. And I wanted to start making my own videos. Same way like you buy a guitar when you start listening Mm. to music and you're like, I just want to try that. So I made some holiday videos and my friends and family thought they were great. And then a friend... Of uh, a friend offered to pay me money to make a video. And I was like, okay, are you sure? Really? Mm-hmm. So I did that. And then loads of people started asking me to make videos. When so was that? When was that? Yeah. It's like three and a half, four years ago, I think.
0: You were working in a corporate job beforehand.
1: Yeah, I was working in uh, software developing risk models for banks, which is pretty far away from Yeah, the content, yeah very far away. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I just liked YouTube outside of the corporate world i suppose and it was a nice job i liked working there but i just wasn't bouncing out of bed i suppose i get you
0: and at what stage were you like okay it's time to leave i'm gonna go into creative mode
1: um i don't think it was that simple so i left my job and i went to america for a few months i was just making like youtube videos i wasn't getting paid i didn't have many subscribers i wasn't getting many views i was essentially on like a pretty long holiday Mm -hmm. like you know when you take a break from work and then i was like okay Coming back to Dublin, that was kind of the time I had to make my choice of what to do. So I applied for a job in a BMW dealership, right, cool. making videos and managing their social media. Because my thinking was, you sort of need some, I don't know, not authority, but like street cred from like a professional place. And I was just this idiot with a camera. Yeah. And I was like, okay, if I can work for someone for six months, I can trick someone else bigger into letting me work for them. And then eventually i'll trick everyone else into paying me because i'll just make up enough of a backstory surrounding my street cred
0: was it kind of a fake it till you make it scenario or
1: yeah yeah i think so fake it till you make it a bit of smoke and mirrors uh but i got pretty good along the way like i think i would have stumbled before that if i hadn't have progressed and got yeah. better and better
0: would you say having a corporate background gives you an advantage uh in this creative field and just kind of in general in youtube
1: yeah i don't know about youtube because i haven't quite cracked that not yet yeah. i only have like three thousand subscribers which is great i'm really proud of that but like it's uh, it should be yeah it's irrelevant in like today's world of everyone has a million subscribers but yeah in terms of like running a video business or even starting the go house shout out to the um, go house and go go house go go house uh it's an incredible advantage i also feel like a lot of our great minds get taken away to like finance law accounting uh, consulting management services Mm. doctors dentists and not so many of them choose to go down a sort of more colorful path like content or graphic design or even in a way now tech tech back in the day was sort of seen as sort of a weird thing to do it wasn't the initial thing you did if you were smart but now tech is like oh yeah you got a tech it's an established field i think content is going to be like that in maybe another 10 years Smart people would be like, mm. that's a legit path.
0: So they do I see it because like right now, a lot of the social media and just content in general is moving away from traditional TV yeah. to online platforms. So yeah, yeah. your Instagram, YouTube especially is like really popping off. Mm-hmm. So I do see those platforms growing. Mm-hmm. So like, I think right now it's time to invest in those streams.
1: Yeah, Gary Vee always says it's a land grab. Like if you bought a property in Dublin back in the 80s for not that much money, you probably made a lot of money mm. for not much reason. Other than timing and like taking that risk.
0: And you would you say like uh timing is a big thing on social media, just like being forced on a platform. You don't really have to be that great, but because you're forced, people just be gravitated towards you.
1: I haven't really been around long enough to know that. Yeah. But I'm sure there's to some degree that's true. But I think the other side of it's true as well. Like, how old is YouTube? I don't know. It's like well over a decade, isn't it, Tom? People still pop off every day. Yeah. So it's not like there's an opportunity to be missed. But maybe it's easier at the start.
0: Because where, where I'm going with the question is, like right now, there is a bit of a land grab happening with Go House, even the forced house in Ireland. Yeah. And we just say that being forced is definitely... Puts you in a competitive advantage? Puts you ahead of anybody else who is to establish another house in Ireland? Yeah, and if, definitely. By how much? Uh,
1: by uh, by uh, a million <laughs> miles. I don't think there's space mm. for another house in Ireland. It's too small a smaller country. I'm open to being wrong, though.
0: Well, what would you say sets Go House apart from potential other houses in Ireland or even other houses in, like, UK, Spain, US? Obviously, those being the bigger markets, but...
1: Yeah, I think we'll start with the US. So, like, the Hype House was a huge inspiration for us before we started the Go House, as was kind of the Sway House. But, like, they're all so big and famous now that they just don't really care. I don't think they're that interested in building up the business as sort of a media company with loads of different assets and different personalities. There's just, like, you know, less than 10 of them involved in each. And it's probably going to stay that way because they're they're all just making bank. They're all getting great deals. They're all launching products. So I think the U.S. is sort of there to be taken from that standpoint, it's a bit like Will Smith being on YouTube. It doesn't really mean you can't start YouTube in America either, if that makes sense. Yeah. There's also like 365 or 350 million people in America versus like the four and a half here in Ireland. Uh The UK houses seem to just throw ungodly amounts of cash around the place. I don't know what the story <laughs> is there. But like eventually that's going to run dry. Yeah. It has to.
0: Uh You just don't think it'll be sustainable, simple ask, like.
1: Yeah, like, I mean, private jets in the front garden and stuff. So I can't imagine... The bills that they have i just don't get like i understand very well why a, uh, a content house could be profitable but that just seems like you're just yeah playing with fire a bit yeah that's the the uk i think i think we could easily move into the uk the yeah. go house uk no problem
0: and you actually just moved into a new house there recently like mm-hmm. the, the go tell the new world's first hotel the yeah. tiktok hotel yeah you have more rooms there would you? Would we be seeing new people coming into go
1: Never say never. The pool in Ireland's kind of small, though. Like, we've got all the big boys and girls. Like, all of them.
0: Would you consider getting somebody from abroad into the Irish TikTok house?
1: Uh, yeah, I guess coronavirus is a bit of it, a... Well,
0: coronavirus aside, obviously,
1: yeah. Yeah, well, then, yeah. I mean, yeah. The plan is we'll have loads of houses around the world, and we'll just fly everyone between each other, and we'll mix everyone, and good people can go on holidays or... Take a break to the Los Angeles house or all this kind of stuff. I guess just COVID is kind of fucking with that right now.
0: Yeah, so be kind of the go network.
1: Yeah, yeah, almost like the the new Soho house, the go mm. house,
0: and kind of the long long time girl. Like so, like right now it's Ireland. Mm-hmm. Where do you see this project going in? Like say end of the year, six months, year.
1: Yeah, I think in six months we'll probably have a few houses around the world. Um, I'm not joking, mm. just smiling because it's so much fun and uh it's manifesting yeah what was the other what was the other time frame uh, a year
0: so like this time next year
1: this time next year uh me and tom will be on impulsive uh, for some reason it'll all be just cracking off i think like first we'll capture sort of the general public's imagination and then we'll slowly start to seep into what i uh i'm gonna use bunny ears here the culture yeah i think because there's no other there are no other tiktok houses that have houses all around the world. We will be the first one to do that. So, so
0: that'll that'll be your land grab.
1: Yeah, that's the land grab.
0: Pretty cool. And like so like so far, like I had Thomas on this podcast last month. Yeah. And it was a month end, there were a lot of things happening, but a month and like onwards right now, yeah. even more has happened. Uh-huh. We moved house. There has been an expulsion in the house. Yeah. Can, can we talk about that? So we had the first expulsion of the house. Yeah. Can you announce who it was?
1: Uh Leila Ecker. Sad to see her go, but uh yeah, just I think she's like just wasn't uh she'll say this, I'm sure she'll say this herself. She just wasn't uh super committed mm. in terms of time and stuff. She's got family stuff going on and she's from Cork and it's pretty far away. And yeah, I just think it's bad timing. Fair. But I think it's all pretty positive vibes.
0: And like on the other side we had a new member in the house, Robert yeah. Zujan. Yeah. Uh what what are your thoughts of the new new blood in the house? Has well, he really mixed things up a bit? Has he Yeah. Kind
1: of- I love Rob, and uh, we were in a weird situation where the house was sort of uh, leaning a little bit towards female energy, Mm. and it was getting us in a lot of beef online, there was a lot of (laughs) drama, um, a lot of bitchiness. um,
0: No names mentioned.
1: No names at all, I mean, (laughs) we've all heard the names before, but um, we just thought we needed to add a little bit more testosterone and just balance things out, and it actually worked perfectly. The house is sort of more balanced now. There's more guy content versus girl content as opposed to like like just bitchiness.
0: And I I have to say like just from my point of like working with Rob, he's actually a very hard worker. So I do enjoy seeing him around the house. So yeah, he's great. Yeah, he's
1: a shout out, Rob. Yeah, he's grinding.
0: <laughs> well, I was going with this point. So, like, I' on, more things have happened. What would you say to this day has been your biggest challenge in the house? Like
1: our biggest challenge. Yeah,
0: that you did not anticipate it would even be a challenge. Maybe.
1: Fuck. There's been so many. <laughs> before it even started we were threatened with legal action twice uh we've been threatened with legal action twice since it started Um, some really powerful people in ireland told us that it would never happen and no brands would ever work with us uh two of the people we had lined up to come into the house pulled out last minute Um, someone had to leave in week one in week two we had to change the name and yeah we got kicked out of our house two or three weeks ago and we had to move like uh, in the flash in the blink of an eye. Uh, so I don't know. I didn't really see any of that happening. At
0: any point did you ever think like this is it, just might I just pack it in?
1: Uh no. No. I thought um this is it. Mm. It's gonna explode. But I never thought this is it, we're gonna pack it in. Yeah. Uh, we will die in the in the flames. Because
0: I feel like it's about the mentality. Like for a lot of people like if even one of those events happened, yeah. they just call it a day and say, well, I tried.
1: Yeah, I suppose it's kind of easy though because you just picture yourself back in your bedroom in mm. lockdown. Like, what else are you going to do? Stare the wall? No choice. There is
0: no choice. Would you say it's a case of, yourself, of you not giving yourself a way out, so to say?
1: Well, yeah, me and Tom just think that everything is our fault. Anything that goes wrong is our fault. So uh, it's not that there's no way out. It's just that you just have to get things done, I suppose. Like, that's just what we do is just make things happen. Nothing just, will stop us.
0: Just fucking do it.
1: like Just do it. There's like, there is nothing that's going to stop us that definitely is a mentality it is yeah but it's the truth like we could yeah there's loads of opportunities for us to give up and to quit and to lose and there's enough things that have happened to show that this is going to be huge Mm -hmm. but there's also enough things to show that this should be over by now
0: and you know you mentioned like people saying telling you that that will never work Mm -hmm. legal action all this all that stuff Mm -hmm. would you say those things every time you overcome them Mm -hmm. push you even harder and harder because like like i got to this stage i got so far like everyone. I'm not going anywhere else. I'm not giving in. I'm, not giving in. I'm just going to keep going. Yeah. Would that be the case for you or...
1: Well, I just can't wait for them to email me when they need me. <laughs> so that will happen too.
0: It would be kind of a chip, a chip on a shoulder situation?
1: It'll just be like uh, I tried to tell you. Yeah. Should have listened. Just prove them wrong. I'm not like, really a grudge keeper, but uh it's a nice feeling when you look in someone's eyes and you know you were right. Yeah. But I won't like... I won't burn their house down. Or
0: anything. Yeah. For people who doubt you and then they come back and ask you for a favor, like, well... Where were you when I needed you? You know.
1: Where were you when I needed you? It's not even that. It's not like they just weren't giving help. They were actually actively telling yeah. us, no, you won't do this. It can't be done. So yeah, that's always fun, isn't it?
0: It's just proving the haters wrong.
1: Yeah, haters gonna hate. I think it's also the reason why me and Tom are able to do this is because all of these people don't get it. They just don't see what we see. And it's like it's almost like you've got a cheat code into the future. Not to say like we're really smart or anything, yeah. Just we've seen something that others can't yet see even though I've explained it to them.
0: Would you say having this kind of insight into YouTube as all kind of creative field, being like a filmmaker and like content creator, as well as a businessman, gives you a better vantage point and a competitive advantage over other businesses in this field? Like any kind of social media agency or something like that?
1: Yeah, definitely. Like Tom has like sixteen thousand subscribers on YouTube roughly, like fifty thousand on TikTok. We are both like in love with content. We mightn't be the biggest content creators in the country, but we live and breathe it. The same way we do, I don't know, fitness or business, but content is one of our hobbies. We study it, not because we want to, but because we love it. The same way a movie buff knows movies inside Mm. out. So yeah, there is this beautiful intersection, So look at my logo (laughs) up there, where like content kind of crosses over with, I guess, business of sorts. And it is just our... Area of expertise. There's no one in the country that knows the space we're in the way we do.
0: Terms some content that you just mentioned, like s- subscribers and all. There were a good few comments on TikTok canal asking, "Why are you in the house?" <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, I just think that's. What would you respond to those people? Hilarious. What? Why am I in the house? Because I fucking started it. My house. Yeah. I don't know. I think that's that's just social media, like, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Why am I in the house? Yeah, I understand what they're saying. I. If you were to just look at my profiles and the numbers and maybe the quality of the content I create and how many, what my engagement looks like, I don't deserve to be in the house as a, a creator. But I'm not there as a creator. I'm there as this weird character who started it, who runs it, but also makes stuff. Uh-huh. They don't know what to call me. They don't, they don't, I don't move like the rest of them do. I,
0: f- I feel like <laughs> a lot of people, just they just don't understand the all the work that goes in behind the scenes
1: well like even lauren and sean have asked in the last few weeks what's my job <laughs> as if the house just arrived there's 18 people currently employed technically being fed every day sleeping there is that i mean is that just magic <laughs> i think that's more that says more about them than me Fair. but yeah it's that but that's fun we want we planned this we want to be in the shadows we we want people in business not to understand what we are we want people in content not to understand where we are we're sort of in the middle we're like Plotting in the shadows. Like in the shadows, but also fluid.
0: Come back to Bruce Lee. You you caught him hit there on your podcast there. Oh, like water. Yeah, be like water. Yeah. Be flexible, my friend.
1: Because we can go to business meetings. We can sit there and we can talk business from the perspective of a creator as well. And we can go to creators and we can bring the business deals and talk like a creator. It's very important. Mm. It's like the CEO who can go down to the factory line and tell someone not to push the button. Oh, you got to do it this way. We understand the business from top to bottom.
0: Going back to kind of the Go House and all, like, and all the challenges that you've had, if you were able to change one thing from the start, or like, not do something, or do something, yeah, well, what would it
1: be? Change one thing, yeah, or two if you have them. It's <laughs> mm, a good question. If I could change one thing, um, your hair excluded, yeah, no, well, I wouldn't change that. It's it mentioned on every podcast, and it's not an accident. If I could change one thing, what would it be? I would install security cameras in every room except for the bedrooms mm. but like there's nothing that's tiny there's nothing huge i would change to be honest maybe i'm forgetting something but i think it's been all valuable learnings
0: and like do you see that this project be as being something like a long term so like you can see stuff running the houses like 10 15 years down the line yeah Or it's just something until the next opportunity arises and then you
1: jump on that and you just keep grinding away no, this is the this is the big opportunity. This is the this is the moment for us, I think. They say timing is everything. This is our time. Definitely. Like potentially. This might sound crazy, but I think we might be we might be building the next Disney. Like there's there's gonna be shows, there could be movies, there could be merchandise and products. Maybe it won't be quite as big as Disney, but if it's five percent the size of Disney, I think we'll all be happy. Yeah. Why not? That's the way the world's going. It
0: just, it just, I think it's like one of those things that you have to kind of think big and aim big. Because mm-hmm. if you don't
1: and you limit yourself. Yeah. But like everyone just watches YouTube now. Yeah. It's not even like I'm just dreaming. There's 8 million followers in the Dublin house. Like to be honest, like I haven't, can't remember the last time I watched TV, like as a TV. No. I watch shows that have been recorded. I watch Netflix. I do not watch TV. Couldn't imagine sitting in front of the cage. And w- that's partly because I'm like a workaholic. Yeah. But like I did used to watch TV. I think most people are going that way. Like,
0: majority of my content or any kind of social media that I consume will be through my f- uh, mobile phone, like, constantly on the go. Yeah. So, like, I think, like, the age of TV and all, like, is just slowly dying away. It is. It's like the, like, back in the days, like, people moved away from, like, reading all the newspapers in physical form to now being all online. Well, what's that great song, uh, TV
1: Killed the Radio Star? Yeah. Same thing. We're killing the TV star. We're killing the <laughs> TV stars. And a lot of them are moving over. Yeah. Same set of skills. Well, it's actually not, because now... Like a YouTuber is the director, the writer, the editor, the actor, the producer, and the TV channel. Is it more difficult to be a content creator, such a YouTuber, let's say, mm-hmm. or like a
0: movie star, like who has just like to shop on set and just perform? I think it depends. Uh, like top movie star, like Brad Pitt? Just your average average uh, content creator, average YouTuber. Or like if you want to go for like big, big boys, let's say like Logan
1: Paul, and Brad Pitt, uh, yeah, I'd say it's harder in terms of, I'd say Logan Paul currently does a lot more than Brad Pitt does. Brad Pitt's kind of retired, mm. it's a hard, yeah. I think there's there's far more involved. I think the only ru- issue I'm running into there is that like Brad Pitt's like 0.001 yeah, like, percent, yeah, like the ultimate like expert in his field. But I think on average, yeah, it's probably much, there's much more involved
0: and in terms of uh, producing content yourself. Like, I know that currently you're more constrained on business and running behind the scenes of the GO house. Mm-hmm. Do you see yourself like pursuing like YouTube as well? Like, would you continue like doing that as well, even if the business just completely takes over your life? Yeah, like secretly, I'm only doing all this so I can get a million subscribers. <laughs> is that is that your goal? Yeah. What would be kind of the dream case scenario? Go house is global.
1: What what do you do? You I the go house is global. It's a huge business. Uh, I never have to worry about money again. None of my family have to worry about money again. And I spend my time between running the go house, flying around the world, and making content about it. That would be the absolute fucking dream. Is that everyone's, that's not everyone's dream, no? It is That That sounds so fucking
0: epic. Just enjoy doing something that you do.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like, I kind of think of it as like a professional soccer player. Like I'm the guy that didn't make, I didn't make it as a professional soccer Mm. player. So I'm going to become like, I'm going to start my own club and I'm going to be involved in the sport that way. Kind of. Yeah. That makes sense. we become, become like the, the manager. Like. You know, like that crazy owner who like subs himself on at <laughs> halftime. And they're all like, what? And you're like, yeah, I own the place. That's what, what are you going to do about it? I'm going to sub myself into YouTube. Uh, that's it. Yeah. Because I haven't quite made it yet. And then like we've
0: talked about Casey on this podcast. Kind of, as you look around your room here. Yeah. It is very Casey sat esque mm-hmm. Are there any other YouTubers or like influencers that really kind of motivated you in YouTube?
1: And and your content creation? No one even close to Casey. Like he seems seems, seems like a lofty statement, but he changed my life. Like he literally influenced me to change careers, to change... uh, He introduced me to like the biggest passion in my life. Mm. So nobody's even close to him. But in terms of people I like right now, I like Logan Paul, his more recent content. He's kind of matured a lot, Mm. but he's also still very funny and entertaining. Uh David Dobrik is great. And then my favorite YouTuber as of the last year and a half, the person we actually called the holding company for the Go House, Emma Chamberlain. We called our company Chamberlain Media <laughs> after Emma. Uh she's just incredible. Yeah. Like she's married basically PewDiePie style with like Casey style. She's like this weird hybrid of like lifestyle sort of logging with like internet meme humor. Yeah. And as she's sort of grown her channel, she's become like an incredible actress of sorts. Like she's just able to turn it on and off. She's got her own coffee brand now. and She's so young. I think she's like 21 or 22. She was just the sort of lead promotion arm of the Louis Vuitton digital fashion launch. It's fucking crazy. And she's just really funny. So Emma Chamberlain, shout out to Emma Chamberlain. She's a frequent
0: listener of the Copper DM podcast, so she'll be definitely hearing that.
1: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Hey, Emma. Hi, Emma, how are you? What's the story?
0: And then in terms of kind of business, because like I do know like Tommy himself always kind of riff off quotes and books. Yeah. Is there any kind of a equivalent of Casey and I said boy in business that you look up to or were motivated by? Yeah,
1: there's probably way more. I think it's more like uh, diverse and spread out. Yeah. There's no like, there's no Casey. There's no one that changed my life the way Casey did. But uh, there is a moment that changed my life in terms of business. And that was the... Or moments I read uh, the four hour work week. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't necessarily say there's much to that book in terms of like the actionable stuff. I don't really believe in the four hour work week, but it did completely change my view on what work should be and what was the purpose of work. Like back then, I was in that software job, it was essentially just trading my time for, for money. And the four hour work week kind of woke me up to the fact that that's not necessarily the only choice you have, but uh, business. There's some cool people that people should check out. Naval Ravikant, which I just turned Tom onto. I think he's got, is that his book in your hand there? No? Okay. Yeah, he's just crazy. He's uh, got some nice tweets and there's a book out recently and he's on a few podcasts. Peter Thiel uh, has some pretty epic quotes. Uh, my favorite one is, how could you achieve your 10-year goals in the next six months? That is kind of fucked up. That fucks up my head every time I hear it. Who else is uh, inspirational in business? Who? Yeah, I'm not that uh, not that huge on Bezos. He is, yeah. I like I like some of his principles around meetings and stuff. I think uh, early days. It's kind of like talking about rock bands. Early Mark uh, Mark Zuckerberg's <laughs> early stuff was great when he was I'm CEO bitch uh, wearing dressing gowns to investment meetings and stuff. Um, but he sort of uh, managed his public image very badly. Yeah. In the last while, I don't know why, but yeah, basically this there was. Uh, about three years ago, maybe four years ago, I read like a hundred and twelve business books and uh, I'm only sort of getting the fruits of my labor now as I actually have a, a business with people to run that I'm sort of referring to those books now and thinking, Oh fuck, that's great.
0: And like going back to the quote that you just used there. How, how would you achieve your tenure goal
1: in six months? Start a TikTok. Guys. <laughs> Seriously. It's crazy. It's been uh it's been fifteen weeks since we started it. So that's nearly four months have i achieved my let's say i don't know what the equivalent that is seven year goals not yet but like i'm a hell of a lot closer than i was before we started um how do i achieve my 10 i think also i've been riffing on this for the last few days so i'll probably just put it in the podcast speed is a big deal and like we've gone so fast i think we can go even faster one of my friends is like really pushing us to go even faster but uh, Patrick Collison, the guy who founded Stripe, he's an Irish guy, mm-hmm. he's got a, a, f- uh, a page on his website called Fast. And it's just all these anecdotes of things that were built really fast. And I think as humans, we have like this tendency to think that things should take longer because that's sort of how the average, it averages out because people are slow. Uh, the Visa card was built from start to finish in 90 days. That's ridiculous. Three months. That's something we all use still every day. The iPod was built in 280 days from inception to being shipped to the first customer. Like the iPod, an iconic device that changed the world. 10 months. It's incredible. Like And like, I don't know, you know, some people can't even... Uh, <laughs> the Go House. <dream. laughs> yeah, you know, it's like, so I think we all just need to up our standards and expectations of ourselves. Because it's like, if you just set goals, you just tend to achieve them. Like I think humans in general rise to the challenge. That's sort of our innate thing is that we sort of overcome everything it's just we don't ask enough of ourselves
0: would you say you build different like would you say like you have an innate ability to just work harder and just think differently than any other person would or is it something you train yourself to have terms-
1: uh, i think that there's probably a bit of both yeah there's definitely ceilings i think everyone has ceilings and floors but i think like most people can move considerably further along those along that spectrum than they then they think like you can get a lot better than you are. Obviously there's like Elon Musk, is way smarter than me, mm. but I can get way smarter and productive and uh, more efficient than I am right now. There's a lot more room than people think to move and to get better. Yeah. Uh, I get you. Yeah. yeah. And I think people are like too, too quick to box themselves into like, well, I've never started a company. So how would I start a company? But anyone that's ever started a company at oh. some point, hadn't started a company. So it's like, what? it just kind of just get out and do it simple as yeah nike really nailed everything when they said just do it like everything we've said so far is is kind of summed up by nike's just do it
0: cuz like i feel you can plan as much as you want you can uh, prepare but unless you actually execute an idea it just remains it remains an idea
1: yeah like you could i was talking to my girlfriend earlier about this we've probably got seven or eight years of business experience in the last four months easy <laughs> Easy. Like easy if i was to go to a corporate company and work my way up it would take me at least eight years maybe a bit longer to get to the decisions that i make uh, like 10 11 12 times a day and like the experience and the heartache and the human resources problems and the hiring and the financing and everything like it's just the ultimate crash course in in life sort of and like you went from
0: like running a production company, which is just mainly yourself and a few contractors. Yeah. To having, as you said earlier on, 18 people being like directly or indirectly fed and like employed by this uh, project. Yeah. How much more difficult was it? How much more difficult is it right now for you?
1: Or is it difficult more difficult at all? Um, It's different. Like I was a solopreneur. For argument's th- <laughs> sake, is that a word you've heard? Some I said that to somebody yeah. the other day and they nearly were like, "What?" I get get what you mean. A though. one man business. Yeah. I I always had this like romanticism. There's this book called like uh, Great Small Businesses, and it's like uh, if it, there's this like little club that you can join if you get to a million dollars in revenue. If you've got one man, that was kind of my goal until we started <laughs> this company. Um, it's just really different because like when you're the one man, one man band, you uh, become incredibly efficient and you do an incredible amount of work and like it's it's that maker versus manager schedule thing Mm -hmm. like you're a maker all day long and you just make a ton of stuff i'm really good at that i'm like a pretty productive person but then when you've got 18 or so people i won't count tom so 17 people to deal with a lot of your time is just like sort of i see them as springs and you just got to wind the springs up and set them off for the week but the hardest lesson to learn is that i just want to do everything myself but I can never compete with the 17 springs. Mm. But it takes so long to wind the springs up that I get to do not as much as I want to do. And I'm like, oh, I just want to do it. So it's like, it's just uh, adjusting how you work, I suppose. But ultimately, I'd like to get someone to do what I'm doing right now so I can go back to just being like a silver bullet. Just, so it's way more fun. Just get, get stuff done. like. Yeah, because it's a very like managerial role right now. And it's like a really important role that me and Tom are doing. So it's a very managerial role and it's really new and nice. I like new things. My brain likes to do new things. So I'm like growing new cells in my brain. Is it difficult for you
0: to just kind of to accept that you have to give some tasks away. Because like for me personally, sometimes like if I'm doing something yeah, and I know I can do a better and quicker job, I just say like I'll do it myself. Mm. But if there's like a, a huge list of tasks... Yeah, you really need to work on that. You,
1: you have to... <laughs> You have to, like, start spending the work out. Yeah, but it's ultimately, like, it's all a formula. And it's all, like, economics. And it's cool to say that you're the silver bullet. But unless you're actually going to outwork 20 mm. people, you can, you're can you just wrong. Yeah. Yeah, it's not nice to swallow. But, like, if you write out in a piece of paper, you're just kidding yourself. And it's not scalable. You won't keep that up. Yeah, definitely. I know that. And so I'm starting to learn, and so are you, mm. that, like, you put an hour into a person. That can make them like four hour, that can be four hours out of them. Whereas I was like, I'll just do the hour myself and then you can just go off and watch me do it. But if you can just teach that person for an hour every week, you gain another four hours. And if you can sort of do it's a compound interest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you do that all the time, suddenly you've got 10, 20 people around you who are just pumping stuff out. And maybe it's never going to be as good as the job you would have done. But uh, that's ultimately not what we're, um, what's that word? prioritizing for Mm. we're not prioritizing for perfection
0: and they're kind of in terms of the content and like god has been a content house would you say it's quality or quantity
1: i I think that quantity is a choice quality sometimes isn't and it's sort of like the egg before the chicken and the horse in the cart kind of situation i think you're just far more likely to have high quality stuff anything that you do more often you'll be better at Mm. running business talking um skipping training dogs if you've trained a thousand dogs you're probably pretty good at training dogs so make a thousand videos you'll probably get pretty good in the process so it's like for me it's quantity with uh you know clever tweaks along the way Mm -hmm. that makes sense yeah it does. yeah otherwise like you just don't take enough shots at goal
0: to score because like i feel like if you just focus on the quality itself yes you have more good stuff but by doing more of different stuff, you pick up more t- tips and tricks along the way. That makes sense.
1: Yeah, it's also kind of like training. Like for sports, you train and then you play a match, or you run. You run slow during the week and then you run a race fast at the weekend. If you're just making one or two pieces of content every week or so, you're just you're racing every day. You're never training. Hmm. We're just training in public, working with the garage door open. I think is the really cringy silicon valley quote because you get better feedback that way yeah if you make seven videos you get seven times more feedback and you learn seven times faster what's right and wrong and then in terms of content like
0: if you, if you were given a choice it' a business or content only for the rest
1: of your life right now yeah which one would you choose no such thing there's no such thing like we we don't know it yet but the head of pwc will have some sort of social presence in the next five years that's, and that's about as businessy as I can think someone being like the head of a consultancy firm or an accounting firm. Uh, they will have a social media presence in the next five years. They will be spending up to 20 to 30% of their week appearing on podcasts, putting out original thoughts, making content for business. Would you say it'd be a trend for all businesses going forward? Yeah, I think there's some businesses it doesn't matter for like the, the businesses that supply the concrete to the construction yeah. companies. But maybe it does matter when the construction companies are deciding who to buy from. Uh, I don't think, like well, technically Warren Buffett, you could say, has that conference every year in Omaha. Is that content? kind of is. So And then I don't see how you can make content unless you're just off the grid without thinking about business. It's never going to be the same. It's going to be social media. Everywhere from now, I want to think. It's kind of like asking someone, do you want to think just make movies or think about business? And then it's like you realize, oh, I just want to make movies, but I'd love if I had a million dollars to spend on that explosion. Yeah. It's like, well, you better think about business then. You know, they're interlinked to a certain extent. I'm just being an asshole. No, not at all, because like, it is very relevant. Like It is
0: a, it is what it is right now. Like Yeah. Because it's, a, it's a kind of very Gary Vee-esque. I was listening to his podcast there recently, and he mm-hmm. was like, uh, no matter what you are, if you're a concrete uh, executive or not, small business, a big business, mm-hmm. get a social media presence and talk about your business. Yeah. Get, get personal with your clients. Get them to know you. And just because if they know you, they will be going to you rather than, some other company that is just as good. Yeah. But they don't
1: know. If maybe even better. Yeah. 100%. But uh, can we talk about Gary Vee for a sec? Absolutely, yes. He is the most, I think, I'm not saying he's underrated, but he's the most underrated person in the world right now, I think. Mm. That guy has been right about so many huge things. I am a big fan of Gary V. It's like. crazy. He's been talking about TikTok for four years. Yeah like talking like i was every youtube video i was
0: listening to his uh audiobook there during the uh, lockdown yeah and he was th- which one the oh my god crush it Cru- crush it the second edition okay and the document i think it was 2016 mm-hmm. and at that stage she was talking about musically you know like jump onto musically it's the next big thing you know like don't miss out you have an opportunity right now here we go four years down the line tiktok houses all over the,
1: all over the globe it's crazy. He was just so fucking right. The only question I have is, where is his TikTok house and why hasn't he started one? <laughs> Dead serious. Like, he started a sports agency. He's representing NFL players. I'm just surprised he's not in the space. Mm. Maybe he is and we don't know. You never know. Like, v- v- VaynerMedia is everywhere right now. Also, you know when you hear people uh, talk a lot of bullshit about, like, they want to help a million people. They want to touch a thousand people's lives mm. and that's their life goal. I do. I like that. I do believe it. But I think a lot of it's sort of pandering to crowds. Yeah. I think when we look back on things, Gary Vee has inspired almost every digital entrepreneur that I can think of. I genuinely feel like he is there to help people, like Simple Us. Like. But any, like Logan Paul always mentions Gary Vee. Gary Vee gave Casey his first check for Beam. They all talk about Gary Vee. Uh, even like English fitness YouTubers like Joe Delaney mm. talks about Gary Vee all the time. Like his reach is genuinely wide and far and i think he's probably one of the few peoples that i can think of peoples people that has touched like potentially millions of lives and like changed careers and in- improved lives and stuff like proper so that's very cool he's a bit of a fucking legend and he's only in his 40s i think
0: like i do find him very relatable because of his soviet background yeah i don't have a soviet background per se but i do have an eastern european yeah yeah, background. yeah yeah
1: so i can relate to all of the stuff he says about him growing up with a uh, I just fucking I love him. Like yeah. he is I, maybe I should have said Gary V when you said business wise. Maybe Gary V. He's a beast. And just kind of before we finish off, I wanna use his kind of a quote
0: on you and ask you to do something. So he always goes pick up a camera or a social media like device mm-hmm. and point to yourself and say something positive to the camera. Yeah. Spread spread the love. Can you do that that for everyone listening and watching this podcast?
1: Yeah. So I think that um the coronavirus has shown us all that what we thought was important in life is not probably that important. I think we all probably have what we need already. Your family, your friends, your free time. And I think this crazy realization I had during the coronavirus, during lockdown one, lockdown V1 we'll call it, was that like it was okay for the best part of my, do- my day to be walking the dog. And when you make that realization, sort of everything in life just becomes really nice. Like making a cup of coffee is actually a really great thing. Taking your dog for a walk talking to your mom just lying on the floor i think we're all we're sort of frazzled before the coronavirus Mm. we just sort of wanted everything now and we probably all have everything we need so just it's okay not to like want to buy everything or have everything or you know just be happy with what we have it's the small things is that positive it is yeah enjoy your life don't overtake it yeah because like i definitely got to that point where i was like just chasing you know that scene in fight club where it's like is it fight club show. Sure. where you like <laughs> i think it's like a, where your man's like everyone just wants to work jobs they hate to make money to buy expensive things they don't like to impress yeah, yeah, people they don't like and It's like i wasn't quite there but i was on the road to it and then when the coronavirus hit i was like i don't give a fuck about any of that stuff i just need to take my dog for a walk if my two legs are working and i've got my family that's all i need yeah, and it's true but it is <laughs> true but i'm also trying to start a global network of tiktok houses but like you might as well have some fun while you're at it. Thank you very much, Jake. I really appreciate you coming to this podcast. Thank you, Demo.
0: It's been you. a pleasure. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you.